0: Radio Show. We're so glad that you joined us today. I'm Lori Fitz, your host. And as you know, on Connections Radio, we like to explore a wide range of topics that challenge us to see ourselves, our community, and the world around us that get us thinking, get us talking, get us feeling, get us out doing something. And this week's a tough one, but there's a lot of things that we can do. We're celebrating Independence Day coming up. And that means celebrating our patriotism. Well, I'm asking you to celebrate being a patriot by doing your patriotic duty and make your voice heard about the zero-tolerance immigration policy Trump created. This is a zero-humanity policy. We have witnessed children being ripped from their parents. We have heard their crying. We've heard about toddlers defending themselves and crawling up on tables. Uh, this is an absurdity. We first learned that there was 2,000 children separated and now we hear it's more like 4,000 due to a pilot program that the Trump administration worked on before it all became public. So why is this happening? Well, if people say this is political, I have a hard time thinking that uh, the person on the street, if they were asked, well, what do you think about children being ripped from their mother? Is that a political thing? No. That's an immoral thing. That's evil. And I think we need to address that as an evil. There are 4,000 children that are separated from their families. And there are profiteers from this mess. Private prisons. Private prisons are charging $750 a night for children who get wrapped in mylar but not wrapped in their mother's and father's arms. It's $2,000 for adults. Just this morning, it was really interesting in the – there was an article out, Alexandra F. Levy, who's a senior staff attorney at the Human Trafficking Legal Center. Um, and he mentioned, in his opinion in the Washington Post, who stands from the Trump administration's immigration policy. Not the children who have been forcibly seized from their parents, not asylum seekers fleeing violence in their countries, not the United States or its standing in the world. One possibility, though, is private for profit prison companies. The two largest prison facility contractors in the United States, GEO Group and Core Civic, house thousands of immigrant, det- immigrant detainees across the country. These corporations now face allegations that they force immigrant detainees to perform unpaid labor inside their facilities. This is unacceptable. Trump knows how to make money on hotels. Well, this is the most horrific of all of the Trump chains. And there's um, a fun fact to know and tell. According to the Money magazine, thanks to President Donald Trump, America's private prisons appear to be entering the golden age, 100% increase in these private prisons. Well, you got to follow the money sometimes. And I find it despicable that children's lives and children's well-being and children's future and our future as a country um, is at stake. Well, I also want to make one more point. I have a lot of people talking about refugees as illegals. For one thing, I am horrified when, when we refer to people as illegal. Illegal is not a human being. No human being is illegal. I think we can agree that being refugee is not a choice. Their choice is to die at home or risk death by fleeing. So we're going to have quite the conversation today. We're kicking it off and wanting folks to call in if you'd like to. That's 952-946-6205 is the number. You may feel free to call in. We have a a two guests, a a co-host, I consider Tabitha (laughs) Montgomery my co-host today, and um, a guest in studio. Tabitha Montgomery has been on my show talking about Powderhorn Park. She is the Powderhorn Park Neighborhood Association Executive Director. Welcome, Tabitha. Thank you, Lori. So good to have you here. Always good to be in your presence. And your insights about what's happening in your community, um, I'm excited about having you share today.
1: Thank you. Um, you know, it's one of those things where it's here and it's not just over there. Yeah, it's.
0: And we'll also, um, throughout the show, uh, have some other folks be calling in uh, to share about what's happening around the country as well. I also have Fernanda Nunez. Fernando Nunez. Nunez. Nunez.
2: Hello. Thank you.
0: Hola. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome. So. Fernando, around the country, we're having, I hear that there's 628 registered marches. Mostly they're being titled Families Belong Together Rally, but uh, our community has chosen to call it something else. Tell me a little bit about that.
2: So we decided to uh, call it something else. Um, We're going with uh, Free Our Future. Um, We consider, um, so the the coalition of organizations and immigrant-led organizations. Uh, mainly CETUL, which is the place um, I work for, and uh, Navigate Minnesota, which is um, an organization that's led by Emilia Gonzalez Avalos. Um, we consider that uh, just reuniting families is not the end game because, as we all know now, the executive order uh, signed by the president puts the families together in detention indefinitely.
0: Yeah, and, and who's going to benefit from that indefinite detention? Exactly. It, it, it's ridiculous. We do have a call-in, Renee from Minnetonka. Renee. Renee, you're the one that invited me to the march initially. Renee, how are you? I'm good, Lori. How are you today? I am glad that we have an opportunity to have a voice to talk about this.
3: Well, I'm very grateful for you for uh, talking about this on your show. I think it's it's the... Well, there's horrible things happening all around the world all the time. We all know that. But this is happening at our borders, and this is happening, uh, to children. And I become more incensed when children are used as pawns, when children are tortured, when children are abused and are used. As you said, it's not really a political thing, but they are being used politically.
0: Thank you, Renee. Um, Are you going to be planning to go down to the march?
3: I am. I'm planning to go. Um, You know, again, I feel like it's a very small thing to do, but I've also been trying to donate um, to funds um, near the border that are giving refugees money so they can have attorneys, you know, so they can go to court prepared. Um, I've heard the horrible stories about toddlers and children, um, the those, you know, of the people seeking asylum that are going to court alone, these are underage children. So I'm not asking for thanks, and I'm not bragging about any of this. I feel powerless, but I also feel like I can, well, anyone can do what we can do.
0: You if know. you had so, a chance. Yes,
3: you... I'm going to the march, and I hope there's a lot of people there.
0: If you had a chance to say one thing that you feel is the most powerful about what we need to do, what would be that one thing, Renee?
3: I will tell you this, because I've said before, it's interesting. In a country very Mm -hmm. divided, Donald Trump could end up uniting this country accidentally. And that would be one thing. If people would focus again on the fact that children are being used as pawns. And if, if with one voice, we would all agree on one thing children should not be used as pawns and should never be abused. And I find it hard that this, you know, that there are people, like you said, that will say, well, you know, they came with, you know, their parents did something wrong. So I would just say, look, just look at this one thing. Do we ever in the world want children to be the ones to suffer, not for choices they made, but for choices that their parents made? And most of these people are desperate asylum seekers. These are some of the neediest children in the world. And so I would ask people to focus on the children. And I think that 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 could unite us right there. You know, maybe we need to fix the immigration policy. I don't know. But right now, if Republicans and Democrats, if Christians, Jews, Muslims, you know, agnostics, atheists, I don't care what you are, would come together and say, no, we don't treat children like this, that could be a very strong beginning. I guess that's what I would
0: say. Renee, that was very powerful. Thank you for sharing. And we're just going to keep you online here if there's something that you want to be joining us in, in the conversation, feel free to do so. Um, okay. I wanna, Thanks I wanna, much, Laurie. Sure. I want to go to uh, Tabitha. Um, after hearing what Renee had to say, I know that you had some also reactions to what you're seeing in the Powderhorn Park community.
1: Well, you know, I think it's important that, you know, Renee makes a great point about keeping the focus on the children, but I think it's, uh, as much as I have respect for that, it's about all the people you know it's the adults it's the women it's the it's the men it's those that are gender nonconforming it's it's humanity and at this point you know i think that oftentimes we've seen in civilizations uh, any number of times where we've abused children where we have allowed children to be used in various ways for labor um for pleasure for any number of the unspeakable things right that some sex trafficking you know mm-hmm. that's a, a thing that's continuing to be on the rise Um, child pornography. So I think that we as a a world, as a, a global citizenry, have seen the very worst in what we're willing to do with children. So I think right now, what should motivate all of us to stay awoke and stay present in this conversation is about who do you know yourself to be? And so I think Renee spoke from a place of what she has decided to do, whether it be marching, whether it be donating. I think that's the question that we all are faced with right now. Who are you? So all of those that are out there listening, you have to really wrestle with not what you see someone else doing. What are you not doing? What are you not saying? What are you willing to allow to go completely um, beyond your uh, perception and do nothing? And Powderhorn, it's a visceral thing. We have a very diverse community. It's eclectic, it's warm, it's vibrant. It's everything that this country is projected to be um, in 2040. Um, But we also understand that we have cultural communities who feel unseen, and so they live as shadow citizens, and that's unacceptable.
0: There's more to come. We're coming to the end of this segment, but stay tuned. We have more conversation about the uh, Free Our Future And uh, we're excited to have this conversation today. It's very powerful, and we all can make a commitment to make a difference. So we'll be right back after a few uh, announcements. Thanks for being here. Do you know you can spend your entire life without ever having a psychic reading and be just fine? On the other hand, if you try a psychic greeting, you may experience strategic insights and useful answers to help you navigate life's most interesting situations. I'm Christine Schroeder. I'm an intuitive medium and psychic. I can help you to connect with someone that's crossed over, find answers to questions about your career, your romantic life, your family, even your pets. Visit my
1: website at christineintuitivemedium.wordpress.com.
4: Enjoy a delicious home-cooked breakfast or lunch away from the kitchen at Milda's Cafe. Now open seven days a week, Milda's Cafe has been cooking up family favorites since 1964. Grab a coffee and sit down for a delicious Philly scramble, house rolls, or Denver omelet. Stop in for lunch where you'll find authentic Finnish pasties every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Open weekdays six to three, weekends eight to two. Milda's Cafe on Glenwood Avenue, four blocks east of Penn. Hi, I'm Dr. Scott Shambot from Shambot Family Dentistry, where the fear-free get-you-out-of-pain-now dental office. We always offer a free exam and x-rays for new patients because we believe you shouldn't have to pay to find out what's wrong with your teeth. Call today. We're open early and late and Saturdays to fit your schedule. As my daughter Rachel says,
1: If you don't see my dad, please see another dentist. Take care of your teeth because they're the only ones you get. Call 1-800-FIXMYTEETH or visit fixmyteeth.us.
5: This is Chad, owner of AM950, here to tell you about Snap Construction. They're experts in roofing, siding, window, and insurance restoration. Up years ago, when Snap Construction was a pioneer in offering a lifetime craftsmanship guarantee on all their work. For a free estimate or general questions, call the locally owned company AM950 Trusts Snap Construction at six one two three 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 SNAP. That's six one two three 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 SNAP, or find them online at snapconstruction.com. They have financing options available.
0: Connections Radio Show is all about tapping into our hardwired hunger to connect. show where we are talking about Free Our Future March. Uh, um, An amazing uh, group of people have come together to organize. Traditionally, the the marches around the country are being called uh, to keep our families together. Uh, I think I mentioned in the last segment, we've got uh, 628 registered marches, Families Belong Together rally. The predicted amount by the ACLU last week was in the They are hoping in the tens of thousands. Well, now we've got predicted 300,000 in D.C. alone and we've got representation all over the country. Every state has a march. Uh, And uh, an interesting fact to to think about is 67 percent of our country does not support separating children. Now, in our last conversation, our last segment, we started to talk about the difference of why we're calling it Free Our Future. I know that there are three main reasons that you are looking to free our future as being um, the anchor idea. Tell us more about that.
2: Right. So Free Our Future, um, what's behind the the slogan is, um, you know, let's not forget that this all started because of a zero tolerance policy. And zero tolerance has been used against communities of color. To oppress us. Um, so, you know, we're standing up not only for immigrants at the southern border, but, you know, um, immigrants from all over the world. If we're standing with the black community. We're standing with the Muslim community. You know, we, we are um, we're trying to make this very intersectional. So, Free Our Future is not only about the children and the family on the border, which is, like, the urgent thing mm-hmm. that's happening right now, but also, you know, keep our eyes, you know, on, on what's our end game, which mm-hmm. is liberation. Um, so...
0: And this is Fernanda, Fernando Nunez. Tell me about the organization that you're with.
2: Right, so I work for uh, CETUL, um, which is in Spanish stands for Centro de Trabajadores Unidos en la Lucha, that is uh, Center of Workers in Animal Struggle. And we advocate for low wage workers um, by building um, asymmetrical power and so that we can gain, um, not gain a seat at the table, but make our own table. Mm-hmm. And uh, make our demands at that table? Mm
0: -hmm. I have some parity. I know that uh, Powderhorn Park does a lot to support economic uh, brilliance. (laughs) (laughs)
5: Yes, (laughs) Yes.
0: Lori. Well, yes, yes
1: we do. (laughs) Yes, yes.
0: Um, But – you're also seeing some challenges in the community, in fear factors, and um, the, in the wake of this zero tolerance, it's happening right in the community, how yeah. people are being impacted. Do you want to share a little bit about that?
1: It's palatable. So the Potterman Park Neighborhood Association, we are a community right in the heart of South Minneapolis, and we have an amazing number of neighbors uh, in terms of other nonprofits, other organizations, schools, businesses, and you come into the community, and I think that what's noticeable is just how I believe everyone is warm and welcoming, but it's extremely diverse. Um, but in most conversations that you have these days, um, when we're talking about our neighbors who sometimes don't look like us or who are us, it comes up just about the overwhelming sense of not only not being seen, but needing to hide from being seen, not not really wanting to intermix maybe as much as normal, being worried that someone in your um, circle, a loved one, a friend, a family member, is going to be snatched up um, at, at their jobs by ICE or going to be reported. I mean, we've had several campaigns now where our council member, Alondra Cano, has sent out emails where our neighbors who have been in the communities for several decades, in some instances, um, have been are being detained, mm-hmm. right, because they've been caught up, because they are undocumented. And it's one of those things that's uh, heart-wrenching because we become so focused on this, the, this title of, quote-unquote, being undocumented, as opposed to how would you treat um, your neighbor? Um, what is in the best interest of our community? And it's certainly not unleashing um, malicious and vi- violent um, campaigns, waging really war on who I see as our citizenry. We are a collective we are committed and it just tears at the fabric of who we can be. And so I think that right now the community is fully aware of the challenges. And I think though, from my position, it's about how do we keep everyone engaged, um, desiring to use their voices? How do we help as from an organizational standpoint with marches, with creating clear points of access to our electeds and persons in positions to change the trajectory of this particular chapter uh, for the better so that we drive an outcome and not just conversation. I mean, I think that this is a wonderful Mm -hmm. platform that you're providing us. But we really need everyone who is in earshot to understand that there is something you can do. Um, It is not enough to be uh, outraged. It's not enough to be shocked. It's not enough to lament. It is really about... You need to pick up the phone. You need to send a letter. You need to write a check. You need to march. You need to vote. Uh, vote. You need to patronize um, small businesses of color. You need to strengthen communities from the inside out. We need to band together and demonstrate it's not only through the political process, but it's through the economic means that we can change the tenor, the tone, and the trajectory. Of where we're at currently?
0: I think it's important, as you mentioned, there's a low trust level. So that there are individuals that are afraid to speak up because might that bring some spotlight and attention and could that then endanger family and friends? So I think it's incumbent on us to have large voices along with and for in case that there are challenges in speaking up. Tell me about your perspective on. ICE, Fernando.
2: So one of the things that CETUL, Navigate and the other organizations um, are pushing is to abolish ICE. Um, we think it's a Gestapo-like organization, and this is our perspective on policing in general. But uh, right now, people seem to have this idea that ICE, uh, you know, is a established organization. It's only existed since two thousand three, mm-hmm. and it you know, it has a, a budget that has ballooned over the years, and um, and their role is to terrorize immigrants. Um, and it, it's just one more, the, the newest iteration of, uh, uh, you know, um, the oppression of, of communities in, in Latin America. Um, the, the result, um, immigration now is the result of American foreign policy, uh, in Latin America, which is what pushes immigrants to come in, you know, and.
0: Uh, the Northern Triangle challenges that we have with yeah. um, El Salvador, mm-hmm. Guatemala, exactly. um, have created uh, untenable lives, uh, a life of fear and terror. Um, so, d- are you advocating, in addition to abolishing ICE, to have some opportunities to support the Northern Triangle in Central America to help make a difference there or or what do you you see? And I'm asking you this as we come down to the end of Mm the segment. So I'm going to have you think about that and I want our audience to think about the root cause of why are we having challenges with the Northern Triangle, Central America and – And what role did we play in creating that mess? So what role do we need to play in addressing it? Um, So Fernando Nunez, thank you so much for this segment. And I will be asking you more questions in the next segment. Tabitha Montgomery, Potterhorn Park, thank you for your insights. You always bring a brilliance. And you're listening to Connections Radio Show here on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. And we're talking about uh, Free Our Future. And it's really for all of us to do something. We'll be right back. Building a new home or remodeling a treasured older home can be one of the most exciting and rewarding endeavors of a lifetime. The key to success is to have your priorities and expectations decided upfront, and that your building partners all share your goals and vision. Steve Northway, founder of Construction Advocates, takes the mystery out of the process of building or remodeling and helps ensure a rewarding process for all involved. For more information or to set up an interview with Steve, go to ConstructionAdvocates.com. That's ConstructionAdvocates.com.
5: AM 950 listeners, we have a home cleaning company with an offer just for you. They're Blue Sky Services. Blue Sky Services will wash your windows, siding, gutters, clean those black streaks off your roof and more. Window washing starts at $100, siding cleaning starts at $199. Call Blue Sky Services at 651-447-4484 to ask for the AM 950 special. If you hear this, you have an exclusive house cleaning offer for June only. Call 651-447-4484. That's Blue Sky Services at 651-447-4484. Waking
4: up is easy when you look forward to breakfast. Serve seven days a week at the Downtowner Woodfire Grill in St. Paul. Try eggs your way with hash browns, bacon, or sausage. There are four delicious varieties of Eggs Benedict that should not be missed. And buttermilk pancakes, waffles, or French toast are always fresh off the griddle. How about a Bloody Mary or screwdriver from the bar? The Downtowner Woodfire Grill is located at 253 West 7th Street with plenty of free parking. Or online at downtownerwoodfire.com.
5: This is Ken Hagland of Minnesota Hospice inviting you to listen to our brand new show airing on AM 950 on Saturdays from noon to 1. The Minnesota Hospice Show looks forward to discussing how we honor life and to exploring the physical, spiritual, mental, and emotional issues we experience throughout all stages of life. Learn how hospice is the new face of hope and how it's your benefit, your choice. Join us Saturdays at noon and check us out online at minnesotahospice.com. Now, through July 11th, Warner Stellion guarantees unbeatable prices on hundreds of top-rated appliances, including laundry pairs starting at $4.99. Save 10% on select Bosch and KitchenAid dishwashers, then save more with free installation from our trusted specialists. Unbeatable savings on kitchen suites in all the hottest new finishes, like Slate from GE and Matte Black Stainless from LG. Buy at the lowest price guaranteed. Then relax and trust our specialists with all the rest. Through July 11th, and only at Minnesota's original appliance specialist, Warner Stellion.
1: Why must the world be so cold? They've gone against what was told. Thinking rape is cool? Think about it. They think it's not wrong. Violence against women? The rape? The abuse? The emotional? Physical? They all hold the hate. Think about it. Is it right or wrong? What attracts you? I'm not saying no names, but you laugh. Talk about it like nothing is wrong? Think about it. They all hold the hate. Gotta stop the violence. Stop the hate? Think about it. Sponsored by
0: the
4: Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition.
0: Welcome back to Connections Radio Show, where we're talking about the march to free our future. We have Fernando Nunez joining us today to talk about the march. We also have Tabitha Montgomery, who is the Powderhorn Park Neighborhood Association Executive Director, who I just... Considered us brilliant.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, say more about that, I yeah, yeah, yeah. won't we'll stop there.
0: But we'll go on to the topic and then we'll come back it, to singing your it. praises. <laughs> we, we were talking during break about uh, ICE. And one of the things that are in the news that I think that's really interesting, as we were talking about, is that 19 ICE agents called to abolish agency in a letter to Homeland Security head uh, Kirsten Nielsen. Tell me about your thoughts on that.
1: You know, so it's it's interesting because I think as even um, Fernando was leading us into break before and just the idea of abolishing ICE, it's compelling that um, persons, right, personnel on the inside of the structure sees the need for significant change. And really it's within their homeland security investigations um, arm. And they see their role as materially different. They're saying, listen, we want to focus on transnational criminal organizations and bringing them to justice. We basically want to focus on where the real problems are in the world. We have over 65 offices around the the globe, and we want to be basically separated and have a clear mission that we can all stand up for and speak articulately about Without the distractions of what their enforcement and removal operation arm um, has become known for which is tearing families apart or uh, apparently in in many instances maybe maliciously and stereotypically seeking out brown people and targeting them um, as persons to be removed from this country and so it's interesting how even within systems there can be clear needs for change within the system and I think that there's um, Fernando was also saying that you know ice sometimes people think that these entities are long established um, and have a m- long lineages of historical context, but they were birthed in two thousand and three as homeland security kind of um, absorbed almost a half a dozen other uh, entities or work groups mm-hmm. in the part of the government and so I think it 's worth our the audience understanding that um, when we call for the abolishment of ice you know it 's not a, a trying to abolish. Uh, long standing uh, departments per se, as much as I think some of the cultural norms that have arisen within certain divisions of the work of how we deal with um, illegal in, in instances immigration, not illegal people right and so uh, and but I think sometimes we have to understand that that 's a top down thing you know, which I think gets to another pillar that Fernando can speak to in terms of stop sessions. Um, it, it, it You know, the fish rots from the head. And so even when you abolish a department, is that cultural attitude going to remain within the Department of Justice?
0: Fernando, talk to us mm-hmm. about the third pillar of shut Sessions down.
2: Right. So um, we believe that uh, Sessions is um, sort of his role, and we need to at one point uh, address the what, – what should I call it? Hypocrisy of conservatives mm-hmm. that want the free movement of capital but not the free movement of labor. Uh, labor. So, you know, mm-hmm. as a way to keep that labor cheap, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Sessions' mission is to um, oppress immigrants. And, uh, you know, with the background of uh, white supremacy, you know, uh, his, his job is um, to basically uh, turn back the tide of what Tabitha um, was, was saying earlier, you know, like the, what what America's going to be in, in 2040. You know?
0: Well, I think it is interesting. There seems to be a lot of fear around jobs are being taken away. Now, I sent this to Elizabeth a little while ago because it just – it was one of those – Elizabeth is our associate producer and it, it was one of those things that just quirked me. Um, so on one hand, we say that immigrants are rapists and they are – Um, taking our jobs and they're drug dealers. On the other hand, they're saying they're taking our jobs. So what kind of jobs are out there that we are trying (laughs) to say that are taking away from us? This is – you can't hold both and they're both wrong. It actually turns out that there was a year ago an article that Donald Trump's administration actually did not want to share a study that showed how much money that refugees brought in. It's actually they brought in $63 billion more in government revenues over the past decade than they cost. So this argument that we're losing our job is crazy. Yeah. We need these jobs and we need to figure out and – and Tabitha, you were talking earlier about the vision. We need to have a better, greater vision about how we can come together and, and create a community that looks forward forward to
1: thriving yeah part of it, I think, is sometimes our our culture as a whole country, we do not want to embrace the our positive narrative. There's so much more good in our country and our neighborhoods in our community than that could ever be wrong. And even in serving in South Minneapolis, you know, there's oftentimes people who don't even come into Minneapolis or North Minneapolis or South Minneapolis, and that's rooted in complete never having experienced the neighborhood or the community. It's all hearsay or what you think you know. And that be- can become the detriment to how We're unable to imagine what we need. And in the context of um, immigration or immigrants Mm -hmm. and persons seeking refuge, right, we were talking about how a refugee, that is just a derivative of people seeking refuge, people seeking comfort and aid in a time of storm. We should delight As a country and being able to do that work, we should delight in understanding that there are people willing to come into our country to make our country better. And how do we create that exchange without talking about them or people in a pejorative way, right, by hanging immigration out in totality as the problem, as opposed to the inequities in the systems, right, in terms of who can have access to jobs, who can have access to training, who can have access to healthy communities, All of it is so interconnected because we often want to take the cheap seats. We want to take the easy route to explaining anything and everything, Mm -hmm. which is that group is all bad. They are all a bunch of fill in the blank. And that as long as it's negative, then that's what people remember, as opposed to when you start looking into your own personal histories, you know, each and every one of us. Right, uh, are immigrants to this country in some form or fashion. But when we allow that negative narrative to take root, and when you personalize it, meaning you begin to believe that that narrative has taken something from you, then you will protect it almost at all costs. And I think that's what we're seeing at the highest levels of government. People who are uh, instituting policies out of a narrative that is totally based on um, un- non-fact. On right? fear it's- and... and-, and- Lies and fears. Well, and and sometimes I even challenge fear. I know what fear is. I live alone. And you hear a creak at night. You pop up. You run out of the house. People who are not running from anything, they're just stating it and exposing it to be based on fear. This is a collective uh, attempt to silence the reality out of choice. People are deciding. I don't even think it's fear as much as people are deciding to continue to marginalize, to bastardize, to to drum up, trump up issues that are not real. That is this decision. And and maybe the feelings that go with um, promoting that decision, I think, is more about desire and not fear. People desire a country that they believe that they are deserving of and sometimes still just looks like them.
0: And if we have that vision of opportunity and we have that vision of what is the good and how can we envision something that will be good for all and make our country greater, I think we can also look at that as the world. What can we do not only in our country but for the world? And and I I was heartbroken when I saw that at the UN, we stepped off of the UN Council for Human Rights. Mm -hmm. You know What does that say? And how does that also get back to the cliffhanger question that I was asking you? What is our role in the world? What is our role in in working with countries that have – created a, 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 a place of terror for people to
2: live? Personally, I'd be interested in seeing the U.S. doing some restorative justice. You know, um, I come from Argentina, which is a country that uh, in the 70s had a military dictatorship that was sponsored by the, by the U.S. and had the aid of the CIA to be propped up where uh, tens of thousands of young um, students disappeared because they were accused of being communist uh, terrorists. And uh, which was not the case. Of, in a lot of cases, where they were journalists, uh, union members, um, student organizers, and uh, so, I would like to see people take responsibility for what happened. Restorative in, justice. Exactly. Um, so, not only in Argentina, but all over Latin America and the world. Um, mm-hmm. and I, I would like to see people take responsibility for for what they did and the history of it. And um, if not, rebuild. What they destroyed uh, at least uh, allow the people that want to come here and make this country better uh, have a chance at uh, a good life.
1: And celebrate
2: that. Exactly.
1: You know, one of the things we're, we're trying in Powderhorn is to really try to expand the definition of safety. And I think that that would behoove us as a country, as a world, to even expand our definition of security. Mm-hmm. You know, security is not just safe borders. And when we get stuck in that mindset, just uh, cut off access... Security is really about healthy communities. You're more secure when things are healthy. Mm -hmm. Um, That creates stabilization. That creates opportunity. And if we don't begin to challenge, demand our institutions to work across department lines, so why isn't the Department of Labor and the Department of Commerce in this conversation? I mean, this is, uh, again, why we get narrow or unintended either consequences or maybe intended consequences because we look at situations and opportunities so narrowly. Silos. Silos yep. all over the place. This yep. is not an issue of just safe borders, secure borders. This is about how do we optimize all of the talent that is in this country that wants to come into this country, and how do we um, address in a humane way, the persons who do not want to add to the positive tapestry of a very diverse and eclectic and amazing um, reality. And restoration, uh, you know, is central to that body of work because you have to be coming from a premise of, you know, we didn't always get it right. So in order to restore, we didn't always get it right. And I think that that's not only true in this instance where you clearly see where we are getting it wrong in a profound and devastating way. In terms of how we're treating children and adults, and the, even the uh, idea that detainment is infinite, infinite, you know, when I think of detention, I think of being in high school, or and it's you know, you, you get two weeks, mm-hmm. or you know that there is an, an end date. This has no end date. No end date, and that's terrifying. And
0: families—that's the essence of the beginning of our sense of community. I mean that's where we feel safe is within our family and to not provide and support that sense of family. I mean I, I know I said earlier it's not political but if we're talking family values, can, can we all celebrate what family values is and, and not putting people in a place where they are afraid, they are uh, – they have no idea what the future will help for them. So I love the idea of free our future. Let's in um, the next segment <laughs> – because once again, we're at the end of the segment – go over all the logistics. The big thing is it's 2 p.m. and starting at the Minneapolis Convention Center. There will be stops along the march route for corporations that benefit from ICE and also um, current anti-family policies. And it will conclude at the Hennepin County Jail at 4 p.m. with speakers and a rally. So we'll be talking more about that when we get back. Uh, We also have some other call-ins that will be uh, sharing with us about some cool things. So stay tuned. It only gets better on this conversation here on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Stages Theatre Company is dedicated to creating a space where diverse opinions, courageous dialogue, and community engagement is not only valued, but vital to our shared artistic and educational success. Stages Theatre Company creates a welcoming home for all. For over 30 years, Stages has supported quality theater programming for children. Stages gives opportunities for youth to be on stage, backstage, in the audience, and in the classroom. Whether you come to see a show, enroll a young person in a workshop, or benefit from their outreach programs in the community, Stages brings art to life. Learn about Stages Theater by going to stagestheater.org. And become part of the magic of live theater by taking your family to an amazing show or enrolling someone you love in an education program. Stages Theater Company operates out of the Hopkins Center for the Arts, located in Main Street in the heart of downtown Hopkins. For more information on Stages Theater, go to stagestheater.org. That's stagestheater.org. Connections Radio Show is all about tapping into our hardwired hunger to connect.
4: Visit the wine bar at Cafe Latte and enjoy a unique handcrafted pizza and glass of wine. The perfect place for an intimate night or an evening with friends. Choices range from spicy Italian sausage and sweet roasted peppers to the one-of-a-kind nacho chicken pizza layered with blue corn tortilla chips. The approachable wine list offers over 30 by the glass, with special emphasis on wines from Washington State. End your night with one of Cafe Latte's melt-in-your-mouth desserts, 850 Grand Avenue, St. Paul.
2: Have you ever wondered what it was like to be an artist in the Soviet Union? I'm Vladimir von Director of the Museum of Russian Art, and I invite you to re-explore our exhibition, Art in Conflict, running through September 1st. It juxtaposes Soviet socialist realist against nonconformist artists from the latter decades of the Cold War. This is a rare chance to see connections and conflicts inside the Soviet art world. For more information, visit
0: tmora.org. Building a new home or remodeling a treasured older home can be one of the most exciting and rewarding endeavors of a lifetime. The key to success is to have your priorities and expectations decided up front and that your building partners all share your goals and vision. Steve Northway, founder of Construction Advocates, takes the mystery out of the process of building or remodeling and helps ensure a rewarding process for all involved. For more information or to set up an interview with Steve, go to ConstructionAdvocates.com. That's ConstructionAdvocates.com. Um, to the show where we' talk about ideas that matter. Today we are talking about the uh, amazing march that will be taking place at two o'clock and going till four o'clock. It's free our future. We have Fernando Nunez here to talk to us about the march. We also have been having uh, Tabitha Montgomery as a co-host today and she is from the Powderhorn Park neighborhood. Association. She's the executive director. Thank you, Tabitha. Thank you, Lori. And thank you, Fernando. Thank you. Fernando, we talked a little bit about it. Uh, the kickoff is at 2 p.m. at the Minneapolis Convention Center. There's going to be steps along the route where you're going to be doing some pausing, and then you'll end up at the Hennepin County Jail at 4 p.m. And the why is that after the national outrage of children being separated from their families and held in detention centers, there's no real action taken to address the crisis at the border in regard to anti-family immigration policies and ICE breaking up families.
1: Right.
2: So yeah, we are rallying at 2 p.m. And I know there's a lot of people that have questions about the route and you know how long we're gonna walk and uh, whatnot. Um, so we're not revealing the route quite yet. Because you're not really paranoid if they're really after you.
0: (laughs) No, I think it's smart. I think that if we are committed to making a difference, we need to trust that the organizers will have the route for us. And it's not something that we need to have be advertised until it
2: happens. And uh, it's not our first rodeo. So we've thought about everything. There's, you know, if you maybe get tired and you can't walk, we'll take care of you. If you're thirsty, we'll take care of you.
0: We've got thousands of people are expected. They're marching in the street. There's going to be banners, signs, speakers at the beginning and the end of the rally, and I encourage you to be a part of it. We also um, have Susan, Susan Farr, who is joining us from Tucson. Oh, and maybe she's not right now. (laughs) Oh, Oh, there we are. Susan? Susan? Yes, hi. I'm here. Great. Susan, you're in Tucson, Arizona, yes, tell me what's happening in Tucson today.
6: Well, um at nine o'clock, we're going to have um a rally here in Tucson at Armory Park for um in concerns of separating families at the border, and so that will take place uh pretty much throughout the day with speakers and um information gathering.
0: And you're, you're close to Nogales down there.
6: How, yes, t- uh-huh.
0: t- Tell me a little bit about how people are feeling at a border town. What, how, what are you feeling in, in the community right now?
6: Right. Well, you know, Tucson is still very much part of Mexico. Um, we have uh, our culture here, which is very much um, based in the Mexican culture. Still, we have you know our neighbors, our leaders, our workers um, are uh, Mexican, and so um, nobody really has um, lost the the feeling or can get away from the feeling of. of the tragedy happening at the border, at least in Tucson.
0: And one of the things I know that we've talked about is that your big commitment is to get out the vote and how to register. you want to give us some tips on, on registering and why you think that's so important this year?
6: Yeah, well, you know, we have such a wide um, range of people in the bucket of uh, those who are concerned with what's happening with the Trump administration um with the separation of families really taking the cake and so what it really comes down to is um voting this is the one single thing that we can do and so the idea to uh register at least one voter um is really easy to do as well, and all you have to do is go to www.eac.gov and you can help somebody register online. There's 37 states um, <clears throat> that allow or have some kind of online registration system, and you just follow the links and Um, It's really easy to do, and I think that if we just start with our immediate families and making sure that um, all of our young voters who are going to be 18 on or before Election Day, November 8th, um, and then they can, you know, try and register a voter as well, then we start to build a critical mass in um, those who will be voting in the election
0: Well, Susan, I'm going to have you back. We're going to have this be a theme with Connections Radio, connect and get people registered. So, Susan, I appreciate you calling in and letting us know what's happening in Tucson. And I know your heart is in making a difference. So thank you. Thanks, Lori. We have another caller. We've got Saida. Saida? Yes. Saida, you are supporting World Refugee Day that's coming up on July 15th. Yes, correct. Tell me about that. Uh,
3: Yeah, for sure. So... Open Cities World of Fiji Day will be held July 15th from 12 p.m. to 6 p.m. at Loring Park. And this is a day filled with cultural performances, art exhibitions. Um, You get to hear prominent speakers. Uh, There's engaging activities like educational displays and a variety of pop-up activities and an educational resource fair, food trucks, and a lot more uh, amazing vendors and businesses.
0: You know, I think this speaks to what Tabitha was talking about. How can we celebrate our community? Tabitha, you want to say a few things about looking at the positive and supporting refugees and and creating a celebration aspect of it?
1: You know, I just see it as no difference from how we see any other aspect of life and people that we celebrate. It's just a reality. It is something that should be a part of our day-to-day. It is like breathing. I think that sometimes the unfortunate truth is we have to carve out Um, these special occasions and celebrations to do the work that we were all intended to do, which is to see one another. And I certainly applaud World Refugee Day here in the Twin Cities and, and every group that is trying to shine a light on the humanity of who we all are. But I think it's essential that we start to, again, ask ourselves that personal question. Why does it take sometimes a a cultural celebration for me to see the cultural reality of my neighbor? Um, It is an is thing. And we all are a part of a culture of some sort, whether you can articulate yours or not, you are. And I think that just to get to a place in our communities where it's something as easy as just acknowledging the truth of our humanity will put us on a better path. And not just tolerance and not really just acceptance puts us on a path of being.
0: Saida, we're going to make sure that we promote uh, your Twin Cities World Refugee Day. I have a a couple seconds. you want to say one more thing about that? Then we're going to go back to the march today.
3: Yeah, definitely. You know, it's a free, family-oriented event. Um, You know, we'll be celebrating many of the thousands of refugees in Minnesota through songs, dance, food, and storytelling. And the purpose really is to provide a platform for refugee stories and artistic practices to honor their
0: lives. And, and, and Saida, with that, of- and with that, Saida, I'm going to let Fernanda say the last yeah. word as our
2: storyteller. Right on. So, yeah, welcome. We're expecting you today, um, you know, even if it snows. Okay. Uh, so-
0: <laughs> Come to the march for our future. Start at the convention center at 2 p.m. and then July 15th, head over to the World Refugee Day. This is a celebration of refugees and our rights and our, com- our community for the future. Thanks for being with us today.
2: Thank you for having me.